0: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Monday, November 16th, 2020. Welcome to another fun week of episodes and another week as we gear towards the holiday season uh, here in Southern California and the United States, of course. So uh, a few things today, guys. I I think today might be a little different type of show. I, I have talked to you guys before about how Mondays are kind of the sports recap show and I am gonna to get to a few things I have some opinions over some sporting events uh, that happened over the weekend but in the first segment here uh, th- there are a few things I want to talk about and kind of just get off my chest and just some you know thoughts uh, that have uh, popped into my head throughout the week and the weekend of course and uh, first off um, some very sad news Um. Over the weekend, the U.S. Army identified five Americans uh, killed in a helicopter crash in Egypt. Um, they, they died as a result of a UH-60 crash in Sinai. Um, at this time, it appears uh, it was an accident. It appears it was some kind of uh, malfunction or something, uh, you know, uh, engine related, something along those lines. But just very sad news. Um, five people killed in the crash. Uh, their names, Captain Seth Vernon vandekamp who was a 31 from texas Uh, chief warrant officer uh three dallas gerald garza 34 from north carolina uh chief warrant officer Two marwan Sameh uh, gabauer 27 from massachusetts uh staff sergeant kyle robert mckee 35 from ohio and Sergeant Jeremy Kane Sherman, 23, from Illinois. One other American remains hospitalized in very serious condition. So I just want to say uh, thoughts and prayers and all, you know, really, some people throw those words around, but for me, uh, very serious stuff. Uh, it was a U.S. Army Black Hawk helicopter uh, that ca- crashed on Tehran Island off the southern coast of Egypt uh Egypt's uh, you know up the peninsula there. Mechanical failure is suspected, but uh there'll be more uh, to come out with the investigation. But uh, very sad. Five people killed. It's actually uh the deadliest crash uh for the U.S. military this year. More Americans uh were killed in the crash than have been killed in combat in Afghanistan this entire year, uh which is currently four. So very sad news. Uh thoughts and prayers to the to the family members and to those who uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice for us out there, just showing up, going to work, and uh, didn't know it was going to be their uh, their final day. Uh, pretty sad stuff. So uh, anyway, um, we're, we're thinking of our, our military at all times, especially uh, the week of uh, Veterans Day. You know, we talked about that on Wednesday and also on Friday and everything. So uh, anyway... Uh, just wanted to get that off my chest right off the bat. Just some really sad news uh, as our, our military, they, they're they always in harm's way. Whether there's conflict or not, anything can happen. Uh, there's a lot of accidents that do happen, unfortunately. So uh, we're thinking of our fallen soldiers there uh, in, in the helicopter crash in Egypt, and we're really pulling for the one soldier who is in critical condition. So I know a sad way to start the show, but I think today, again, as I said, it's going to be a little different. Okay, it's, it's Monday. This episode comes out. It's Sunday evening. I'm, I'm recording here. I got the Patriots and Ravens game on. Um, they're playing in a rainstorm. Pretty crazy stuff. Um, I will recap some NFL action later in this show. Uh, but one of the things uh, I wanted to get to today is is fear and to talk about fear. And before I get into that, I want to also uh, tell you guys who who maybe had some of you follow Bill Barnes on the Facebook or social media um, and did see his post that Bill Barnes did test positive for uh, COVID-19. I spoke with him on the phone on Sunday. He is uh, doing fine. He was a little sick on Thursday, Friday. Now he seems to be doing better. He had a little bit of a fever and everything, but Bill is in his 60s. Um, you know, we've talked a long time for a few months about possib- possibly, possibly, uh, you know, getting this virus and everything. And, you know, you can't run from it no matter it, it's going to find uh, a lot of us at some point. So you, you can't, you can't run from it. You can't be irresponsible. But uh, anyway, our thoughts uh, are with Bill. He's going to be fine. I talked to him. He said he, because he's going to be in a 10 day, you know, quarantine or whatever in his house, in his house that uh, he's still willing to do a show on Wednesday. So we will be doing that through zoom or uh, over the phone or something, but he still wants to get an episode out, and I'm sure fill everyone in on how he is doing uh, with his current uh, condition and everything. But uh, all good signs so far. He seems to be dealing with it all uh, just fine. He'll be at home. Uh, his, he said uh, most of the symptoms he had early on are, are gone. So uh, we're, th- we're thinking of you, Bill Barnes. Uh, we know you listen to the show as well, so hang tough in there. We know that uh, you'll definitely uh, you know kick, kick this thing in the rear end, and uh, you'll be back uh, recording with us. Uh, in person, I'll probably come to your house <laughs> from here on out, but, uh, anyway, uh, but Bill Barnes, uh, best wishes from the get home safe podcast. But I want to talk about fears. Okay. What are, what are your fears? What were your fears growing up? I, I, I'm going to go into a few of them, a few of the things and fears that I've lived in. Um, and, and I'm kind of curious what yours are because we're in this year, 2020, where, there's so much uncertainty we've seen so many crazy things and with the coronavirus with covid-19 i think a lot of people are scared people have been scared for months people think that uh you know the, this virus is uh, it's killed a lot of people and it has it's it's incredibly sad and so it's got me thinking because the first few months i was like a lot of people i was very worried and like oh man this isn't good all right then you see some inconsistencies or whatever now I'm not diminishing by any means. I think it's serious. I think it's dangerous. And I think a lot of people have probably had it and didn't realize it at some point. I have no way to back that up, but um, I definitely don't want to get it. I don't want people I know to get it. I'll say I'll say that right off the bat. I, I mean, I, I don't want uh, just everyone to have this thing. I do want the country opened up. I've said that repeat, repeatedly on here. I do kind of want us to get back to things and just try to use our best judgment on things. But I want to talk about fear today because I think it's relevant. I know it's relevant in my life. Um, I'm often scared. Uh, It it could be anything. It could be, you know, when my adult years scared of talking to young ladies, like that was always terrifying to me. I never understood how easy it was for some guys. All right. When I was a kid, um, the dark, I mean, being, sleeping with the, with every light off, I just could not do that for years. It was scary thought i I don't know how many times as a young kid i crawled down the hallway uh snuck down to to my mom and dad's rooms just to sleep uh by their bedside on the floor right i'm sure other people have done stuff like that Uh, a a bad dream maybe you saw a scary movie maybe you saw something that was real i remember seeing that one time seeing like a a murder mystery or, or something that was a documentary on some serial killers and i was just i couldn't sleep i was scared um And I think the interesting thing is that with so many people being scared these days and afraid, I mean, I am too. I I, I often look for answers. I think we all look for a, we look for somewhere to find comfort. Some of us pray more. Some of us might call friends on the phone more, maybe call our parents just to talk to them, get us, get us at ease. I know in my life, whenever I was scared, You know, I reached out to my father. I reached out to my mom. They always calmed me down, gave me a comfort. Like, hey, things aren't as bad as maybe they seem. We're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. You don't always know things are going to be okay. That's one thing. But I, I do think that people that we trust, our parents, maybe our pastor, maybe our really good friends, people that we trust when we open up to them, I think we feel like we're letting out our fears, letting out our frustrations and maybe what they they tell us isn't a hundred percent the truth because we don't know what's going to be okay. What's not right. But I think hearing comfort from people that we trust, it's like medicine. Maybe it's a bandaid. Maybe it doesn't solve everything. But it's definitely something to kind of keep you going. And one of the people I listen to regularly, every single day, and I've told you guys this on the program, is Dennis Prager. And Dennis Prager is an older gentleman, uh, Jewish man here in Los Angeles, has a great radio show every day, uh, Monday to Friday, nine a.m. to noon. Uh, I listen to it in podcast form so that I can do it whenever, whenever I can. And one thing Prager says repeatedly. Is that in the Bible, there is a phrase that God says more than any other phrase. It's actually just two words and then leads into a sentence. And I was thinking to myself, well, what what does the Bible say? What does God say often in the Bible? And I and you know, shame on me. I, I haven't looked it up. I don't know this to be true, but I trust Dennis Prager. He's a scholar of the Bible and knows it quite well. But Dennis says The one phrase in the Bible that you hear or read repeatedly, God's word is fear, not fear, not don't be afraid. And there's plenty of verses that you can read about not being afraid. One of my favorites is the, is the the 23rd Psalm. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Again, talking about not being afraid, no matter the situation. I don't think God is like mad at us if we're ever afraid. I think that's a, that's a real emotion, just like the virus. The virus isn't fake. It's real. Fear is a real emotion also. But we have to do our best to fight that emotion at times, much like we do with any other emotion, except for being too happy. I can't really see a downside to that. Maybe you're just annoying or naive. Maybe that could be if you're overly happy all the time. But I don't really know any people like that. I mean, I think we all have enough in our lives going on and enough sacrifices and obstacles and hurdles and peaks and valleys that we do fear. If we all ask ourselves, if we ask ourselves, honestly, there is a fear. There's different fears as you get older too. I know some of my fears now are, Uncertainty. I don't like, I like to look down the road and see like some direction, see some answers. When I look down the road and I don't know what's over the hill, what's, you know, on the horizon, it's a good thing, but it's also, that's something that I just, I worry about. I like knowing how things are going to kind of go. But then you watch sports. I love sports too, right? And sports is, is great because you don't know the ending. You might think you know, but then crazy things happen it's unscripted much like life and so some of my fears are just uh, not not knowing i think is something for me like i always want i always want that stability like i want to know where i'm going to be uh living in 5 years i want to know how much money i am going to be paid each week with my job i want to know um answers I want answers. And, and the crazy thing about, for those of you that have uh, a relationship with God and have, a, have faith is that you don't always get the answers. You, 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 you can pray to God, I don't want to be afraid. And, you know, the, the saying goes, God doesn't always give you the answer, but he's always listening, right? So some problems we have to sort out ourselves. We have to find that inner strength. We can ask for help. We can ask for guidance. I do every single day. I should pray more. I should get in the Bible more. These are things I should do. But I've fallen short and it's something I'm going to try to improve on. I am going to improve on. But I did see a funny quote regarding uh, that my good friend Todd Carson sent me kind of just randomly. But he said, you know, for people that believe everything they read, maybe they should pick up the Bible more. And I thought that was really well. I don't think it was him who said it. He was just passing along the phrase and i thought to myself man that's that's a good way to look at it cuz i don't believe everything i read i don't i don't believe everything i see on tv either but i do know that if there are doubts or there are fears the turning to the bible isn't a bad thing there's a lot of good stuff in there it teaches you how to deal with uh, your emotions and to depend on god and not be afraid so i thought that was a uh, really well said uh from uh so thanks to my good buddy Todd Carson but I just think fear, sometimes fear can control us. It has for me. I've not taken leaps before because I was terrified of not knowing the result. I've missed opportunities because I didn't have faith and go for it. And then there's plenty of other things where I did go for it. And you know what? I never thought I would do those things. And yet I did. I look back and I'm like, man, I remember specifically telling myself I could never be a baseball umpire. Uh of all the sports I wanted to do officiate, I just couldn't imagine seeing a fastball at the professional level. Get back there behind a plate and judging something when I'd be at Major League Baseball games watching. I was like, man, that's I like baseball, I like umpiring, but I don't think I could ever do it. And then I took the, I took a leap of faith and I ended up doing that. Not in the big leagues, mind you, but you know, professional baseball. Um I, I never thought I'd move out. I just, man, like move out of my you know house with my dad. I love my dad. I love my family. But just something I, I was like, man, I'm, I'm never going to get there. And then I have. And you know what? I, I've moved since I moved out. I've moved three times. Moved out first time with the one and only Bill Barnes, then moved uh, to uh, Covina with uh, Mike Jarbo. And then he and I moved out here to uh, Eastvale with our with our girlfriends. So it's just crazy whenever you say, oh, I don't think I could ever do that where if you just put your mind to it, have a little faith, have a little work ethic, maybe you can, but back to fear. I mean, there's all kinds of cliche phrases and catchphrase, you know, uh, quotes about fear. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll always miss a hundred percent of the shots that you're too afraid to take, you know, is a, is a good one. Um, I think if we let fear control us, at least in my experience, I think happiness and you know being getting through it all is challenging. Like what's the opposite of fear? Courage, bravery? I don't know if that's true because I think soldiers and firefighters they're very brave individuals. I don't think you can honestly say they're not afraid. They have fear. You have to have fear running into a burning building. I think courage and bravery, they might seem like the opposite of fear, but what they really are are, is they are emotions and, uh, they are positive energy that comes out of looking at fear and not letting it control you. That's what I, that's what I think about. So I know I'm rambling a little bit tonight or today when you guys hear this, um, but that's just kind of, I told you, it's going to be a very different show, a lot of different emotions and thoughts rolling through my mind this week and this weekend. Um, we're going into the holiday season. I'm going to be very busy with FedEx and everything. And so I've just started to reflect a little bit more on where I'm at, where I'm at in my life, uh, where I want to be. And, you know, what's in front of me, what's in front of uh, of us as as people, as friends, family, everything. I mean... We're going into holiday season it's supposed to be a very happy time, but I think honestly, a lot of people are afraid people are afraid still of covid nineteen and um, not just the virus itself but also the lockdown and what it has done to people. It's caused people to to argue it's caused people to turn to substances it's it's really been bad for families and domestic violence and all these things you know the job loss I can't imagine. Everyone's career is just being shut down or their, their small businesses, it's all being gone. There's a lot to be afraid of. But what are we going to do as a society to get through it? Do we want to continue to be afraid? I'm not going to continue to be afraid. I reached a certain age where I, I purposely shut my light off and made my room completely pitch black to sleep. So I was like, I don't want to be afraid of the darkness anymore. I want to go to sleep in the dark. I don't need a nightlight anymore. And you know, the ironic part of all of it is now I can't sleep. If there's any light in the room, I need total darkness. I also need total silence. (laughs) I'm a very light sleeper. So I don't really have a ton of analogies or anything like that for you. I just wanted to talk about fear today and how we all have it. Some of us more than others. We all fear a lot of the same things. I mean, we're here in Southern California. There's earthquakes, right? There's fires. It's all kinds of bad things. We can be afraid of them. Worrying. That was a big thing that that I've taken probably years off of my life, worrying about things. And we can worry about what could happen. Or we can enjoy, try to focus on the other times where there's not earthquakes, where there's not fires. Even though there's a lot of them out here, I know, just, you know, wait a couple of weeks and there'll be another one, right? But what are we going to do to help each other get over our fears? Can we talk to each other? Can we embrace each other more? Can we, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'm just thinking out loud today. That's kind of where I uh, thought I would take the show today with my opening and just, I didn't really have a bunch of answers or a bunch of notes. I just said, you know what? I'm going to ramble a little bit about fear. It feel it feels like in 2020, uh, you know, middle of November, we're uh, we're about to head into the Christmas season. Right after this Thanksgiving, it should be a happy time, and I think a lot of people are are sad and scared, and it's uh, it's unfortunate because that makes for a poor society uh, to be around people that are are that way. And I know that the challenge to myself whenever I get down, whenever I I get afraid. I have to find a way to pick myself up and be like, no, I'm not going to be this. I'm going to enjoy the things I enjoy. I'm going to enjoy being around people I I enjoy being around. And uh, I'm not going to let fear run my life because I've been there. I've absolutely been there. Countless nights in tears, uh, struggling with all kinds of things. Uh, just being anxious, anxiety, and worrying, worrying myself to death. And it never did me any good. So as afraid as I may get at a few things and have been these past few months, I just wanted to express to you guys that for me, I'm doing my absolute best to conquer fear and not let it run me or those closest to me or, or my future. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I think we all gotta gotta do that i think we all can i'm confident that we will fear not as god says so often in the bible fear not well guys that's enough rambling for me uh here in the opening if you're still listening you haven't turned it off uh i don't i don't doubt you for maybe not tuning in today or for tuning tuning me out after a few words Uh, i kind of expected that with not really having a script and just kind of going for it here but uh, i will take a breath get some water Uh, Clear my throat, and then we'll get into some sports talk. No more of this uh, talking about fear. We're going to move on. We're going to move on and uh, focus on some crazy sporting events, uh, activities that occurred over the weekend with college football and the NFL. There was also some some boxing on that we'll discuss uh, just a little bit, though, I promise. It will mostly be about football. Happy Monday to everyone out there. I hope you're still with me and you haven't skipped ahead too much. But uh, yeah, let me take a break and then we'll get right into it, guys. Thank you for joining us once again here on Monday on the Get Home Safe podcast. Well, guys, there were some exciting sports occurring over the weekend in college football and the NFL, a little bit of boxing. And you know what? I want to start with uh, boxing just briefly here before I talk about some college football. But Terrence Crawford uh, had a great uh, victory on Saturday night a, a fourth round uh, TKO over Kel Brook. Uh, that, if we're all honest, it was just kind of like a tune-up fight for for Terrence Crawford, who is uh, thirty-seven and zero now, and uh, some some argue the best pound-for-pound pound fighter. Um, in all the boxing, but he's a champion in the welterweight division. And the welterweight division is very loaded. It has been for a while. And, uh, so someone else, uh, some other guys in that division are, of course, Manny Pacquiao, who's uh, been around a long time. And, uh, a guy I think is really, really good. And I, I really want to see them fight soon. Uh, but that's Errol Spence Jr. They fight at the same weight class. Um, Errol Spence Jr. has a fight coming up on December 5th. In a couple of weeks, he'll be fighting um, Danny Garcia, which should be a pretty good fight. That's a pretty good comeback fight for Spence, who was involved in a pretty horrible uh, car accident not too long ago. So he hasn't fought in a long time. I think he'll probably get through Garcia that night, and then I would love it if Crawford and, Gar- and uh, er- Errol Spence uh, got together and uh, and put on a show for-, for people. I think it would be... Uh, A a great championship bout, a unification fight with uh, multiple belts on the line. Uh, I I know Terrence Crawford talked about uh, Manny Pacquiao fighting him first. uh, Fighting him next is somebody that I think Crawford truly respects Manny Pacquiao. Manny's getting up there in age, right? And uh, Crawford is 37-0, and and he's kind of, I don't know, he he fights for ESPN. He fights for top-ranked boxing, so he may or may not get... The publicity that some of the others do specifically Errol Spence and uh, other guys on the Fox okay. side of things and PBC and DAZN and all that. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I really hope that Crawford does fight one of those two guys next, whether it be Manny Pacquiao, uh, who's a, just a, a legendary gentleman, a true professional, uh, or it is Errol Spence after he will probably beat uh, Danny Garcia on December 5th, but you never know again, getting back in the saddle after a car accident is no easy task. So we shall see, uh, should be a lot of fun in the uh, boxing universe here in the next couple of months, uh, after some things get sorted out, but, a, but a good fight on Saturday night, uh, Terrence Crawford, Bud Crawford, as he's called, uh, occasionally, uh, really showed up and fought really well and just kind of Uh, with Kel Brook, he kind of just felt him out a little bit. And then in the, in the fourth round, just uh, took it to him and uh, left no doubt, uh, with some of the, uh, the right hands and, uh, just power punches that he delivered. So, uh, congrats to Terrence Crawford on retaining his belt. I haven't seen him fight since I was in Dallas last year, uh, in, in, uh, December. So it's been a long, long time, but anyway, um, congrats to him. And yeah, that's about it for boxing. There was some other stuff, but that was, that was nothing really too, too exciting. Uh, I do want to give some credit and I don't give credit, uh, as my, as my, uh, one of my favorite radio guy, uh, Colin Cowherd says, you know, I don't give credit. I'm not in the credit card business. That's Visa and MasterCard. Well, I do want to give some credit to both UCLA and Cal, uh, Cal Berkeley, Cal berserkly, uh, the, the university up there for both of them to, rally to put together a, uh, a football game on Sunday, uh, UCLA and SC were both supposed to play on Saturday and this got thrown together, I think like Friday, but anyway, UCLA was supposed to play Utah, I believe. And Cal was supposed to play Arizona state. I could have those, those backwards, but anyway, um, the games got called off because of some COVID things and UCLA and Cal, I don't know how they did it, but they managed to uh, put, put it together, say, Hey, let's play each other since we can't play our opponents. Why don't we play each other? And they played a game on Sunday morning. Not only that, it was 9. AM uh, bright and early at the Rose bowl, Rose bowl. Grass looked uh, to be shining bright from the uh, early morning sun. It was again, really weird, not seeing fans there, but a uh, congrats to UCLA and Cal for getting the, getting the game played. I mean, Uh, there's no room for air here with, with these schedule changes and everything. So they pulled it off and I, and I applaud them. It was not easy. Cal had to arrive, you know, late Saturday night. had to get to bed early, get some COVID restrictions done and everything. And, uh, and, uh, but they got it done. So uh, UCLA in the early morning game, uh, congrats to you guys. It was weird watching a, a football game, a college football game in the morning on Sunday before some NFL action. But anyway, UCLA won that game 34 to 10. And I just applaud them both for, for getting a game in, for especially on uh, short notice. But UCLA put up some points and also, uh, you know, limited that Cal offense that was a, a little sleepy, I think, for the early morning start and everything. But anyway, uh, we won't talk too much about UCLA football, I promise. Uh, some other games of note, Boise State on Thursday, they uh, rebounded from a tough loss last week against BYU. And they put up some points themselves, uh, beating Colorado State 52 52- to twenty-one, so I'm glad to see my my Broncos are, are back in uh, back in the swing of things. Uh, probably one of the most eh, I don't know if it was hyped, uh, but probably one of the best games on paper on Saturday was Notre Dame over Boston College, and Notre Dame just beat Clemson. They, um, you know, had a big win, knocked off the number one team in the country and everything. But uh, you know, Boston College they played Clemson pretty close. Not too long ago. As a matter of fact, I think it was the week before the Notre Dame game. And Boston College was uh, the underdogs by 13 and a half points, which I thought was a big number, actually. Again, I don't gamble much, but I thought it was, it was, it was a big number. I thought Boston College, especially at home, was going to play Notre Dame pretty close. And they kind of did. They hung in there. But it was really never a doubt. I mean, Notre Dame won the the game, and wouldn't you know it, won by 14 points. So uh, someone who's making these projections seems to know something. But anyway, Notre Dame, the number two team in the country, with a big win at Boston College, 45-31. And and I got to say that Notre Dame offense just continues to uh, put up some points, Uh, just be very consistent and successful. Uh, yeah, I think, I think this is probably the best offense they've had at Notre Dame in a long time. Uh, so watch out for the Notre Dame Irish, uh, fighting Irish. I think they got to probably play Clemson again in the ACC championship game. If I, if I, if, uh, my information is correct, but I, again, I could be wrong. Uh, anyway, uh, watch out for Notre Dame. They're, uh, they're, uh, moving right along and playing good football. Uh, a couple other games, probably, you know, we talked about Jim Harbaugh last week and how... Things are not looking good for him, and once again, just a horrible, horrible loss—forty-nine to eleven. Wisconsin absolutely destroys Michigan. It wasn't even close. It was twenty-eight nothing before you could uh, blink. And uh, I think Michigan football is definitely going in the wrong direction. Um, they're obviously done this year, but in moving forward, I'm very curious what they do with Jim Harbaugh after this season. What he does? He may he may be tired of this and want to go back to an NFL job. I don't know. It's his alma mater. He's getting paid well. Um, but this year I think it's probably just a wash. (laughs) He's just going to move, move on, but who knows? So, uh, Michigan continues to struggle. There was a bunch of other uh, cancellations, um, on Saturday and it, and it occurred during the week, right. With COVID and everything. So there wasn't a ton of uh, great games out there. Uh, but one game that was pretty good, uh, was USC in Arizona. The Trojans went down to Tucson on Saturday and, uh, played a pretty tough game with Arizona. The Wildcats gave uh, SC everything they could handle. And it was once again, a last second USC victory, uh, Arizona rallied and scored late. They, they scored with not very much time left on the clock, a minute and 35 seconds on a a six yard touchdown pass from Grant Grinnell to uh, from Lucas or excuse me, that was the kicker. But anyway, Stanley Berry Hill uh, pass from Grant Grinnell uh, and Arizona took a lead with a minute, 35 seconds. Well, the Trojans went right up the field and uh, scored with 25 seconds left. uh, Vave Malapai, an eight yard run and uh, SC took the lead to win the ball game 34 to 30. So, uh, congrats to SC on pulling out another, uh, last second victory. They did not look sharp at times. And then other times they looked, uh, pretty incredible throwing the ball of all places down the field a little bit. Uh, Keaton Slovis, uh, 30 of 43, 325 yards, one touchdown pass and, uh, no interceptions. So that is awesome. Always wonderful to see. Uh, USC ran the ball very well, 173 yards, uh, led by Step and Carr, who each had roughly uh, 80, 82 yards each. So, some balance there from USC. Uh, I think their offense is starting to click and their defense eh, at yeah, times uh, plays well. But it was, man, a bunch of fourth down. I mean, you got to live or die with some of these fourth down uh, plays. Sometimes it seems like SC uh, can't miss on fourth down, and then other times it's like, oh, my goodness, how how did they ever get a yard (laughs) on fourth down? So USC with the big win on the road, and they will play again Saturday night, I believe, at Utah. That should be a pretty good game on the schedule. Uh, As far as other action, you know, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Uh, Nebraska in a pillow fight with Penn State, two good football powerhouse names. But unfortunately, two of them, uh, both teams were defeated, hadn't had a win all year. And then Nebraska was uh, the, the better of the bad teams, also, I guess, and held on to beat Penn State 30-23, to Penn State 0-4 on the season. Really even hard to say those words uh, after they've uh, done such a good job with their program over the years, being very consistent. So uh, way to get off the... Uh, Get off the zero, the goose egg there, in Nebraska. Well done. Well done indeed. Uh, as far as some other games, you know, there, there wasn't, like I said, a whole lot, nothing really jumped out at me. as a really fun matchups or anything. Uh, I did see that Ole Miss put up 59 points on South Carolina, 59 to 42 in that game. Uh, there was some great clips of Lane Kiffin on the sideline who was like celebrating a play like as it was happening. It's really, really cool to see. Just look up uh, – Um, look up Lane Kiffin celebrates a touchdown early or something. I mean, he was throwing his, his, uh, his notes in the air, his headset. He was, he ran like 50 yards along the sideline, like as the ball is not even thrown yet. So it's really funny to see. He happens to see the play like as it's developing, he has that really good skill at that, I guess, and and knows what's going to happen. So pretty cool stuff. Um, uh, Unfortunately, that game was the last game of uh, Will Muschamp, uh, the South Carolina coach. He was fired on Sunday after the Gamecocks uh, are off to a two and five start and gave up 59 points. Uh, you know, when he was the defensive coordinator at Texas, and that was, those were some good defenses, some scary defenses, at least to Big 12 standards. And then he went to Florida, still pretty good coach on the defensive side. But at South Carolina, uh, it, it just, I don't know, it didn't seem like a good fit. I saw, I was disgusted with some of his behavior uh, as they went into halftime of that game. Uh, He was just screaming at officials and just losing his mind. And to me, he's, he's that defensive coordinator guy. I don't look at him as like a leader really of, uh, of a football team. Maybe he is, maybe I'm wrong, but just the perception is like, okay, he seems like that defensive coordinator type, loud, crazy, just, Hey, here's how we're going to do things. But Uh, knock people around and, and, and just being a head coach, I don't know. He hasn't had much success in my opinion. I mean, just consistent success. So I don't know what the future holds for him. I do know that he's quite valuable and he will land somewhere and make somebody a better football team, whether he's the head coach or the defensive coordinator, but I just don't think it fit at South Carolina for whatever reason. And, uh, they, they made that splash middle of the season, two and five, you're not playing many games. There wasn't many games left. So I'm not quite sure why they let him go, but, uh, sometimes universities or, or NFL teams will make these decisions that they see as a, a better fit for their football team. So he is uh, off looking for a job and South Carolina is looking for a new head coach. So uh, plenty of uh, candidates, I'm sure for that South Carolina job, the, the SC, the SC of the South, right? The, the initials. sometimes I remember seeing SC USC. I was like, what they don't play. Oh, yeah, oh South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Okay, indeed. So, anyway, uh, that's really it, guys, as far as Saturday action, some college football, even the the Sunday morning uh, college football game. Uh, Washington, they finally played a football game. It, uh, they beat, uh, let's see here, Oregon State 27-21. to 21. So, congrats to the Huskies for finally getting a football game in uh, on November 14th, if whatever the date is. So, uh, more crazy things. I think there should be some great football matchups next week. Uh, on the uh, college football slate. Uh, It was pretty cool. I did see ESPN, their uh, college game day, their pregame show. They, they did their, their set on Saturday morning at the masters, uh, which is something else I want to discuss. I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, And then as far as the masters itself, uh, Dustin Johnson, I mean, what can you say? Uh, There's not a whole lot to say. Uh, Pretty much uh, dominated, I guess is the best way to put it. I mean, shot a 20, Uh, under 20 under he missed a pretty long putt on his final uh, final hole on the 18th there on Sunday to that would have made him 21 under so (laughs) it's crazy that it's one of the best scores we've seen and I feel bad for the guys that were right behind him because they played the rounds of their life you know 15 16 uh, 17 under whatever Uh, and to see that really um, (laughs) to see that he he could not uh sorry while well, i gather my thoughts here uh <laughs> sorry sometimes I, I, my phone blows up there's all kinds of other things going on but um anyway to see that guys played the game or played uh, guys golfed uh, out of their minds really and couldn't really couldn't really catch him i mean it's 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 crazy to think about uh just how good he played but then the guys right behind him played so I mean second second place uh there's no you know great joy in in not uh, winning and getting second place third place but I think the guy's behind him uh, behind Dustin Johnson uh you know who shot 15 under uh you know that's that's no small tat small task so congrats to them for uh shooting some pretty or playing some pretty good golf and Dustin Johnson I think it was his second major uh victory um again 20 under that's just unbelievable and how cool was some of the the scenery at the masters some of the uh the people some of the uh the grass the beautiful grounds I mean it, it looked awesome there to have the masters in November I know it's you know springtime and April is when it usually is but I don't know I kind of like the whole uh November thing I had the masters on kind of in the corner while I started my NFL action on Sunday hoping to see uh you know a little little neck and neck uh, chase there, but there really wasn't Dustin Johnson just dominated. I mean, there's no other way to say it. So he wins by five strokes and picked up his uh, second major. So a big congrats to Dustin Johnson on bringing home the green jacket from Augusta and the masters masters in November. Uh, one of the top Uh, majors in in all of golf. So congrats to him. Uh, That's enough for me as far as Saturday and college football, boxing and golf. I think I'll take another break and then we'll come back with some brief thoughts regarding the NFL action from Sunday. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, There was some drama early, some drama in the afternoon and some wild stuff uh, late on Sunday night. So let me take another sip, take another breath, and then I will be right back with you to discuss some NFL action. Well, it was definitely Sunday Fun Day in the NFL uh, this past weekend. There was so many crazy things that happened. Some pretty good football games, and even games that maybe didn't have great endings to them. The games themselves were pretty good, back and forth until someone kind of pulled away towards the end. So, uh, just a lot of things to get to. First, we got to get we got to go to the most dramatic uh, ending we saw on Sunday. The Arizona Cardinals upset the Buffalo Bills in. Glendale, Arizona, on a hail mary with one second remaining, in uh, from Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins, and what I liked about what they did. Well, first of all, Kyler Murray, I mean, <laughs> the guy's unbelievable. He, he's he's so just uh, elusive. He's, he he runs around. He seems so much quicker than like Russell Wilson. And I know he's a smaller guy, but uh, he just buys time. And I like that he can throw the ball on the run. While he's buying time, he's got his eyes downfield. He also cuts loose sometimes too and runs. But uh, Kyler Murray running into his left and just kind of heaved it down the field. I don't know if the original plan was a Hail Mary or it was unique in that it was just one guy and he was surrounded by two or three defenders, but it wasn't your typical Hail, Hail Mary where you throw it into a crowd. He gave his guy, uh, his best receiver, uh, a one on one opportunity or one on two or three opportunity, but an opportunity to get up, jump high make, make a play. And, uh, he definitely did that. It was quite dramatic. It was really cool to see fans, uh, in the Phoenix area celebrating, uh, the Cardinals have not had much to cheer for the past few years. And, uh, it was definitely something that was pretty wild. Uh, I, I unfortunately of all the football I watched, I, I wasn't able to see it. I was a- out and about and I looked down at my phone and it, you know, it said, Oh, here's the hail Mary from, uh, Kyler Murray. So wild finish, for sure, uh, thirty-two to thirty, the Cardinals take down the Buffalo Bills, who, quite frankly, are one of the best teams in the AFC. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to make a playoff run here, um, and they've they've had a, only a few losses. They're seven and three now, but the Arizona Cardinals are now six and three. And uh, we've been skeptical of them all year, but the Arizona Cardinals, guys, they are they're right there. They're in the best division in football, and they they win again in dramatic fashion. A wild, wild game. Uh, Just very, very cool to see the Cardinals doing so well. Uh, There was an NFC West matchup in Los Angeles between the LA Rams and the Seattle Seahawks, two of the other teams from the NFC West. A very important game. Uh, The Seattle came in as the division leader. The Rams in third place at the time, and the LA Rams took down the Seahawks, 23 to 16. Both teams improve to, or excuse, the Rams improved to six and three. Seattle falls to six and three. So now we have a three team race in the NFC West. All three teams, six and three. Arizona's already beat Seattle once. So they have the tiebreaker there over Seattle. Uh, LA has now beat Seattle. So they have the tiebreaker over Seattle. Um, and Arizona and LA have not played each other yet. So that is looking to be quite a matchup down the road. And you know, what? we won't have to wait very long for that second Arizona Seattle matchup because they play each other on Thursday. That's going to be an incredible, credible game. Arizona at Seattle. It was only a couple weeks ago where Arizona beat Seattle in overtime. Uh, so some great football being played in the NFC West. Again, the best division in, in football. I'm a little, a little partial, but you know what, I, I think uh, you can't argue with the numbers, the stats, three teams at six to three, especially when there's other divisions in football where, where no team has three wins like the NFC at least. But anyway, uh, let's talk about the Rams and Seahawks. It was a game the Rams offensively played much better than their last uh, performance in Miami. They went right up the field in the first half, had to settle for three early, but uh, in the first half, we able to put together a few drives that ended in touchdowns. Again, when they run the football and they run it downhill, not fancy jet sweeps and all these things, but really running well off tackle, running a power running game. They cannot have their play action game unless they have a very consistent power run game like that. So uh, the Rams, I I just have great hope and great faith that they continue uh, their their running of the football. They have a three-headed monster there. Uh, with their three backs that they have uh, with Cam Akers. um, uh, He's the rookie. You got the second-year man, uh, Henderson, for the Rams, um, and you also have Malcolm Brown uh, who's getting some carries. So each of those guys uh, getting roughly around 30 yards. Akers had almost uh, 40, so pretty good rushing attack there from the Rams. They, They finished with 106 yards rushing, which isn't that great, but anytime you get over that century mark, I think you're going to give yourself an opportunity to win a football game. So Seattle um, has a pretty decent run defense, but they got shredded a little bit at times. Their pass defense has been atrocious, and uh, the Rams, I wouldn't say set the world on fire uh, with some of their passes, but they did get the ball down the field here and there. Uh, Cooper Cup, of course, down down the seam a few times. Uh, Higby, some some great catches. The tight end for the Rams, and just a very balanced balanced attack from the Rams. Rushing for 106 yards, uh, throwing for 302 yards. They were on pace early in the game for over 500 yards of offense, but it slowed down a little bit. I think Seattle made some adjustments, uh, and you got to look at the Rams' receivers, man. I'm looking at let's say three, four, five, six, eight different receivers. From, uh, the, from the Rams, they were, they were caught footballs. Uh, Jared Goff did not have an interception. He did have a fumble. It was a tough fumble. He held onto the ball a little too long in the pocket. Um, but I would say, even though the Rams won, the, won a big game, uh, they did have, unfortunately, a very bad loss. And that was their uh, left tackle, team leader, uh, veteran, uh, to say the least, a, a football player who's played a long time, uh, Andrew Whitworth. Uh, went down with a pretty bad injury. Looks like he tore an MCL. Probably out for the year, and unfortunately, that might be a career uh, for for Alex uh, Andrew Whitworth. Uh, I thought it was great and very classy of a lot of the Seattle Seahawks who went out uh, as Whitworth was being uh, taken off on a cart. Everybody knew it was a bad injury, and Russell Wilson led the charge to get out there and, and with uh, some Seattle guys, some opponents who, you know, shook Whitworth's hand, tapped him on the back, said, "Hey." Basically, it, it, it to me, it was a classy move, just saying, hey, we respect everything you've done, the great career you've had. This is a tough break. We hope it's not the end, but if it is, uh, what a career you've had. So uh, he's probably done for the year. I don't think he comes back for another season as he's approaching 40, but I hope he does. I don't know if he will, but I hope he does, because uh, he, he's one heck of a football player, uh, even at that age, and uh, we always got great love for those offensive linemen they don't ever get enough credit. So the Rams uh, held on, they held to Seattle to 16 points. And we knew that was the story going in, going in um, with the Rams defense and the Seattle offense. And could they contain Russell Wilson? Well, they didn't just contain Wilson. Um, They they held him under 300 yards passing, uh, 248 to be exact. And they forced two interceptions from Russell Wilson. Uh, Wilson was the leading rusher for the Seahawks. Uh, he does what he does, you know, eight carries 60 yards, a, a couple of those, um, you know, we're, were definitely sacks. Uh, but, but Russell was sacked six times for 28 yard uh, in, in a lost yardage there. So the Rams got to Russell Wilson. He may have uh, got some carries and some yards and, and broke free a few times, but they got to Russell Wilson and, and they seem to do that a lot. I don't know what it is about the Rams and the S- Seattle Seahawks but it's just something about that matchup. The Rams tend to get to Russell Wilson when other teams uh really can't. So I applaud the Rams defense. They played well. Um you know, led by Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, as well as the rest of the Rams secondary was all over DJ Metcalf. I mean, he was he was nowhere to be found. They they were all over DJ Metcalf. He only had two catches for 28 yards. I think if you keep Metcalf down like that, You're going to give yourself a chance because DJ Metcalf is one of the most explosive receivers in the National Football League and is going to have a great, great career, outstanding career ahead of him. He was only targeted four times, and uh, the longest catch he had was 19 yards. So the Rams overall did a great job on Metcalf. They made the conscious decision. You got uh, two injured running backs. You got an explosive receiver in Metcalf as well as Tyler Lockett. Uh, The Rams were not going to let um Seattle uh, get going offensively uh in through the air with those guys so they uh, they shut down the run pretty well and it was kind of Russell Wilson running around throwing the ball and uh, you know running running away from Rams um linemen and linebackers and uh, all kinds of Rams in the backfield uh, for that game so a big win for my LA Rams as they improved to 6 and 3 uh staying in the NFC West the 49ers they played uh, pretty inspired ball they 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 were hung in there with the Saints actually were winning for a good portion of the game early on and uh, ultimately fell 27 to 13 Niners fall to four and six. Uh, The only problem with that record for the Niners is their schedule upcoming. And when you got three other teams in the division that are going the opposite direction of you. So I think hands down the NFC West is the best division in football and the 49ers have just hit the injury bug, man. Uh, No, no disrespect to Nate Mullins, but he's not quite the quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is and, uh, I, I got to hand it to Kyle Shanahan though. He, he has his teams that they're all he's, he, when he first got there, there were all kinds of injuries and everyone's like, give this guy time, give this guy time, give him a healthy lineup, give him. And he went through some rough seasons, but Kyle Shanahan is one of the best coaches in football and he's done more with less, I will say. And I don't mean the, the team, the Niners, cause they got great players. I mean, he's done more with less because of injuries. Than I think any other coach out there. Every team has injuries. It's part of football. But Kyle Shanahan, he he has his second and third string guys. I mean, they battle, they play hard, they, they're in great position. I hate giving the 49ers credit. All right. They're, they're going the wrong direction and they're probably not going to make the playoffs as I sit here uh, November 16th uh, pro- with that proclamation. But you know what? Uh, Shanahan's going to have his guys ready, whoever they are. It's the walking wounded. And uh, they're, they're going to do everything they can to to win football games. And, and I think they're going to continue to be in football games. And if the Niners do make the playoffs, hey, all the power to them. If they get through Seattle, Arizona, L.A., um, man, I, I don't know if they'll win the division. I think it's probably too late for that. But with everyone being 6-3, and three, someone's got to pull away at some point. So the 49ers are a few games back now. But if they piece together a few wins, who knows? Maybe they can sneak in there. But I think for right now, Seattle, L.A., Arizona, I think those are three teams that are making the playoffs for sure. Uh, Some other games, probably the, the surprising game of the day. It was actually at night. It was in Foxborough, Massachusetts. The New England Patriots upset the Baltimore Ravens 23 to 17 Patriots improved to four and five after their two and five start Ravens fall to six and three. And you know what? It was an absolute downpour. It was pouring rain, raining for both teams. I know, I know I'm not going to give anybody excuses, Uh, but they, they were really able to limit the Ravens offense, the Patriots that was, and Cam Newton, I'm not a huge fan, but he kind of did just enough, you know, only through, 17 times, again, it was, a, it was a rainy night, so the ball in the air was probably not going to work out too much. But Lamar Jackson, uh, 11 carries, 55 yards. I mean, they limited him pretty well, Patriots defense, that is. Uh, you know, two, two of those carries were sacks. So they they just kind of sat back and, and played Patriot football finally, defensively anyway, and they were able to, uh, to get a big W there. So big win for the Patriots in the rain at Foxborough on Sunday night to cap off uh, a great uh, Sunday of action. Uh, the, the LA Chargers go to Miami, the second LA team to go to Miami and lose this season as the Rams were, were beat there pretty bad a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Chargers win this game. They lost 29, 21. It's unfortunate um, that, that they were, uh, were unable to get the victory um, kind of shut out in the first quarter was kind of the, was kind of the, the bad start for them. Dolphins got out 14-0. And then it was kind of like a 50-50 football game. Uh, but you just can't start that way. You can't go behind two to score, especially on the road, and uh and hope to win. So Miami improves at six and three. Chargers, I feel so bad for them. Two and seven. It's just it's, it's hard to believe that they're that bad, but you are your record says you are. Um, some other games of note. The Jacksonville Jaguars played very hard against the Green Bay Packers, gave them a scare for about three and a half quarters but ultimately the Packers were the better football team won that game. 24 to 20 green Bay improves to seven and two poor Jacksonville goes to one and eight. I feel bad for Doug Marone, their head coach, but I think his days are numbered. I don't think he will uh, be retained at the end of this season. And uh, I hope you can make it through the season. I don't like the whole firing coaches in the middle of the season. When you're at this point, you've played nine games. Just, just finish it out. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. They beat the Carolina Panthers for the second time this season. And uh, Carolina, again, played good football. It was a close game for about three quarters. And then uh, Tom Brady and company pulled away towards the end, scored late. And uh, Brady seems to have found some rhythm. Definitely better performance than last Sunday against the Saints. So it was the Buccaneers offense that had a great rebound uh, performance after having a dud last Sunday night. Uh, the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, improved to 6-3 and three with a uh, beat down of the Denver Broncos, 37 to 12. Denver's in trouble. They just, they have no identity. They got quarterback play. Uh, they're going to need to go after quarterback in the draft. I think there's a lot of good options out there. I just think it's time for them to kind of, kind of make some noise there make a splash at uh, the the draft. Um, other, other games. I mean, some games are kind of boring. The Browns won beat Houston 10 to seven. I don't even know what to say about that game. Like, I was watching some of it. I'm like, man, it's 3-0 in the third quarter. What is this? I like defensive football, but again, the elements. The elements were pretty rough there too. Uh, the Lions survived, uh, beat the Washington Redskins at the buzzer with a long field goal after Washington tied the game pretty late with only, uh, let's see here, a minute or so. Now Washington hit a field goal with 16 seconds left. And then as time expired, the uh Detroit Lions were able to uh, kick a game-winning field goal. Pretty amazing stuff. Uh, A quick change of events there with uh, tying the game late and then uh, all of a sudden losing it at the buzzer. Tough tough loss for Washington. Tough loss. But uh, good to see Alex Smith back uh, as a starting quarterback after his truly gruesome injury a couple years ago. So big congrats to Alex Smith. And uh, you know what? I, I hope he continues to be their quarterback and maybe he plays next year. I think he still got some gas left in the tank. I'd like to see some good things uh, from Alex Smith. Um, the NFC East we've talked about how bad that division is. The giants beat the Eagles 27, 17 and the standings in the NFC East are an absolute joke. I mean, uh, Philly, I think is still the division leader at three, five and one. Uh, the giants are now three and seven. Uh, the Cowboys, did not play. They are three and six, I believe. I could be wrong there. Um, and then who else is in? The, and then Washington, who we discussed. So all those teams, like two or three wins, it's just an ugly division. It, it, it's just so sad. I don't even want to talk about uh, that division and, and how it is. But anyway, some some big news from the weekend, of course. The Hail Mary in Phoenix. The Rams with probably the best matchup of the weekend coming through and beating the Seattle Seahawks. And then the Patriots kind of coming out of nowhere and beating the Baltimore Ravens. Those are some of the storylines really from the NFL Sunday from some of the action that we saw. And we got a good football game on Monday night. The Bears and the Vikings, that's a good matchup, a very good rivalry. Both teams, the Bears started hot and then faded. Now you're seeing the Vikings who started really soft and bad and now they're starting to improve. It's it's kind of interesting, the matchup. So I, I think the Vikings ultimately win this game. I like the direction they're going. Uh, the Bears are kind of <laughs> just going backwards. It's not good. They 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 can't quite seem to piece together their offense. Even though when Matt Nagy got there, he was the offensive guy that that turned Chicago into a team that scored some points. But I, I don't know, man. they <laughs> the, I like. I really like uh, Nick Foles, but I just unless he has a real breakout game here, I think the Bears are in trouble. And the Vikings don't count him out yet. I think they're they're going to finish strong here in moving forward. So that's about enough of our NFL action. We will uh, step aside now for some final thoughts, (coughs) man. Sorry. I thought I could (coughs) make it through that. Oh man, I'm dying. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry guys. What a way to end the segment. Anyway, that'll be enough out of me today from all of our sports recap, as we've done the past few Mondays. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, after I, Get some water here and clear my throat. Oh, for goodness sakes, maybe I can uh, speak a little clearer for our final thoughts as we wrap up another fun episode of Get Home Safe. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on Monday or whenever you're listening to the Get Home Safe podcast here for our November 16th edition. It's a great way to start off the week, and I hope you guys are doing well. And uh, you know what? living with all of this uh, craziness that we all are. We all are trying to get through it. We're all trying to conquer our fears and fear not. You know what I mean? Fear not. So take that with you today. If nothing else, uh, hopefully you carry that with you and just maybe send some, send some thoughts my way, send some words my way, maybe even uh, if you guys get a chance to um, kind of reflect on, on, on what I've said today. And, and I hope that maybe you guys have some stories or things or situations where you conquered some fear. I love hearing stories like that. So send uh, send it my way. I don't have to talk about it on the podcast, but uh, maybe you and I can have a conversation, whoever you are out there, just about some of uh, trials and tribulations that, uh, that I've gone through or you've gone through. I think it would be a lot of fun catching up with some of my friends out there and any of the listeners who are tuning in here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Well, guys, we are going to be joined on Wednesday by Bill Barnes. He is in quarantine at his lovely home. I will not be at his home, of course, because he has tested positive for COVID, but he will fill us in about how he's doing. Uh, Maybe it won't be such a long show. I don't think he's going to be weak or anything, uh, but we'll try to not take too much of his time on Wednesday, or maybe he'll want to talk even longer because he doesn't have much going on. He's sitting in his room looking at four walls and a ceiling, and he wants to chat with uh, uh, me and, and talk to some of the listeners out there. So if you have some questions, some uh, words of encouragement, anything, send them our way so that I can pass that along to Bill Barnes. I know a lot of you tune in on Wednesdays just to hear him. And you know what? I think it's great if if he knows that a lot of listeners are pulling for him. So send in your thoughts send in your praises tell him he's he's dead wrong but you still love him or whatever you want to do i encourage you guys to send in a voice message or send in just a an email or a a message through social media whatever you want to do i know bill barnes would love to hear from you and we are going to hear from him on wednesday uh even though he is tested positive and if, if everything works out he'll be with us again through zoom or some other uh technological feature here where we can record an episode. So I'm looking forward to that. And I know he would love to hear from some of the listeners. Uh, He may not know I've said this, but I I do encourage you guys to send in some messages to the podcast to uh, see how Bill's doing or just uh, to cheer him on with what he's going through. And so many other people have gone through this. Crazy uh, coronavirus stuff. Anyway, enough of me rambling away. You've heard from nobody but me today. I know it's been a long show of just hearing from me. Uh, I am trying to piece together some interviews for later, uh, not just this Friday, but the next. So for those of you who have contacted, hopefully it works out and we can sit down and do a recording. It is getting more and more difficult, guys. I got to tell you, with putting together interviews just because I'm working so late at night now. And a lot of people, you know, their schedule is just a little different than mine. So I was not able to get any done over the weekend. I do apologize. We had a lot going on, uh, but I think in the near future, we will definitely do that. So to everyone out there who's going through something, who is maybe fearful, who has, uh, you know, just is struggling and just wants to see some changes. Hey, I'm with you. I hate saying hey, we're all in this together, but you know what? We really are. Reach out to a friend, go to somebody, go reach out to whoever you need for some comfort and someone that you can, that can help you get through these fearful times. And you know what? Maybe you or that person for somebody else so think of it that way be strong for somebody else because maybe somebody looks to you to be an example in uh, these times these crazy dark times of 2020 well guys uh, there's plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Safe Podcast our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast and our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at Yahoo.com we hope to hear from you you will hear from me and Bill Barnes on Wednesday Thanks for joining us today on Monday for the start of our week of shows and guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.